Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tenderness see? Who through life has been my guide? chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell, that means sojourn, means temporarily, in in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malhan and Kilion. Uh, They were Aphrodites, that's a, a smaller clan of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. So that seemingly happens early on. Um, And she was left and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah. (laughs) I gotta stop. That's not a dyslexic talk show host, Orpah. But (laughs) for those who got that, you're welcome. But here's the thing. Uh, I, I watched a video years ago of Oprah explaining how she got her name, her biblical name. Oprah's name is biblical, do you know that? Her mother named her uh, Orpah, but the hospital misspelled her name, and it became Oprah. And I thought, how ironic, a woman who spends her whole life twisting scripture is the very thing that happened at her birth. You know, she just twists the scripture enough. For those who love Oprah, I'm sorry, okay? Pray for her that she becomes a Christian, because she's not truly a Christian. What she teaches is heresy, so just so you know. Um, a rabbit trail. And the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelt there about 10 years. Then both Malhan and Kilion also died. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband. That's difficult. Those are hard things. And we see, though, this family who, who fleed famine to go to a pagan land, you just, again, it's so ironic. They had no bread in the land of bread because of the spiritual condition of Israel. And so what do they do? They decide to go to the world for help. They're going to go to the enemies of Israel for help. They're going to go to Moab, to the Moabites, to the enemies, to find their provision. And I just want to warn all of us, this is a mistake we we can make at times. Don't go to the world for help. Don't look for worldly solutions. God is your provider. Go to the Lord. Seek the Lord for everything. And I would also warn husbands, be careful how you lead your families. You've been given a very divine responsibility to lead your family. And this man, Elimelech, seemingly just on a whim, takes his family to a pagan land for provision, didn't trust the Lord. We see nowhere in the scripture the Lord told him to leave. Be careful how you lead your family and where you lead them. On a whim, oh, I'm just going to move here. You know, there's so many stories of people who just end up in disaster because they don't pray about a situation. They don't pray about moving or going somewhere. They take their family just because of a job or more money or whatever it is. And then what happens? They don't worry about the church there. They don't worry about fellowship and their family disintegrates. It's over and over. It's the same story. Be careful. Don't go to the world for your sustenance. Go to your king. 
And this is something we need to remember. But, you know, just the name of Elimelech should have been profound in that. Because you know what Elimelech means? It means, my God is king. My God is king. And if that's true, why is he seeking help in the world and elsewhere among pagan nations if his God is king? And think about the power of his name and the power of God's word that he would use this man Elimelech to to declare, my God is king, that name. But while, remember this, God ordained all of this. And here's the thing, in the book of Judges, what did he want? He wanted a theocracy. He put the judges in place so that they would be able to to, um, facilitate the law of God. But he was to be Israel's king. A theocracy. And one day soon, when our Lord returns and sets up his kingdom on earth, it will be a theocracy. He will be our king. I can't wait. But here's the thing. What in the world is a man whose name is, my God is king? What's he doing seeking after the world, seeking after the things of the pagan culture for his sustenance? Quite ironic, but that's exactly what Israel was doing in the bigger picture. And you know, the Bible tells us in Psalm 37, verse 25, it's a Psalm of David. And it says this, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. Why would a man whose name means my God is king, why wouldn't he just trust in the Lord? Why wouldn't he just wait on the Lord? Why wouldn't he just seek after the Lord? Why would he go into the pagan land to fulfill his sustenance, to help his family? It makes no sense. And we're going to see it has consequences. Compromise always has consequences. Compromise in your Christian life always has consequences. And you've heard me say it many times. Any dead fish can float downstream. It's real easy. It takes a live one to swim upstream. And compromise is a slippery slope. Duguid in his commentary said this, once entered upon the road to continue and deepen disobedience is often smoothly paved and provides little resistance. The enemy will open those doors for you if you're willing to, to uh, slide down compromises. Uh, slippery slope. The enemy will make it easy on you. This is why, you know, I talk about sometimes about the name it and claim it doctrine in some of these churches. People are like, well, they're growing. Look how big their churches are. Yeah. Who do you think is growing all of that false doctrine? The enemy opens the door and makes it a slippery slope. So don't be fooled by the world. But, you know, here's the other thing. Elimelech, you know, his wife is Naomi. Her name means sweet or pleasant. But what we're going to find out is the choice of Elimelech to lead his family into bondage, into this pagan land, is going to change her name, at least in her own mind. She's going to go from sweet and pleasant to bitter. You know, it's been said that people are like chocolate. <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> that there are many of you who are really sweet chocolate. And there are many of you who are really bitter And we're going to see Naomi, sweet and pleasant. She is going to identify with bitterness. But also we see a bit of trouble in the names of their sons. Remember in the Hebrew Hebrew culture, names meant things. Remember Esau, his name, it means hairy, because he was really hairy. It's not like it's creative. They just name their kids exactly what they see. And I think we see a bit of trouble here in the names of the two sons, Malhan and Kilion. Because Malhan means weak or sick. And Kilion means pining or suffering or tired. It can also mean death or dying. How would you like to name your kids this? And some pastors I've heard joke about this. They named their boys sick and tired. (laughs) That's what they named them. (laughs) But here's the thing. There must have been some issue there as they were born. There must have been health issues. But here's the other thing I want us to be reminded of. Be careful what you call your kids. Now, I'm even, you know, you name your kids. You pray about that. We all, you know, I think most parents do that. They pray and they name their kids something that they think is creative or, or they like. That's fine. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about be careful what you call your kids, your grandkids. Be careful. 
I grew up with a kid whose dad was vile. And he called his son many wicked names. And that son grew up to be all those things. One in particular, one name in particular, he called him all the time. And that boy grew up as a self-fulfilling prophecy. He grew up to be exactly what his dad called him. Be careful what you call people. Be careful even in your own, you know, under your breath, what you say about people, about your spouse, about others. You know, I remember as a kid, I always thought it was such baloney. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Well, that's a lie. Here's the thing. You know, as a little guy, I told you, you know, we were poor. It hurt when kids would call us poor white trash, trailer trash, all that stuff. As a little kid, I could get punched in the face ten times. I mean, I don't want you to do it now. I'm old and frail, but, you know, punch it. That didn't really hurt me. I didn't care. Of course, I was kind of insane. I got in a lot of street fights, so. But the names hurt, and names do hurt. So be careful what you call people. Husband, be careful what you call your wife in the heat of the moment. You know, when you get angry, be careful. Be careful what you call each other. Be careful what you call your kids and your grandkids. And here's the other thing. Be careful what you call yourself. You know, when you fail, because we all do, be careful that you don't call yourself all those names that the enemy wants you to call yourself. I'll come back to that. But we see here in verse 3 that Elimelech died first, but it appears 10 years later, the sons die. The sons die. So maybe they weren't healthy. Maybe they did have health issues. They didn't have heirs. They didn't have children with their wives, and they die. And Naomi appears to be all alone in the world in a foreign land. At least that's her perspective. But we're going to see God had a plan through all of this for Naomi, a plan for all of us here today. It's a beautiful plan. God will not leave Naomi alone. He has a blessing for her, even if right now in her pain she couldn't see it. Verse 6 through 13, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Israel repented, and the land was being healed. And she heard about this all the way in Moab. Verse 7, therefore she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, and you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. Speaking of her sons, of her husband, and herself. The Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope. If, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Do you see what Naomi's doing? Now, I'm sure she had pain and heartbreak for her daughters-in-law. That's, you know, they had lost their husbands. But Naomi's feeling really sorry for herself. And you're like, wait a second, she lost her husband and her two sons. Be, you know, be gentle. I am. And no one, when you're going through tragedy, no one should just walk up to you, pat you on the back and say, get over it. Rub some dirt on it. (laughs) We all have a mourning process to go through when we go through tragedy. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. 
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.